Hello, my name is Steve D'Agostino, and my co-host Anne Fernald and I welcome you to the Twice Over podcast, because to teach is to learn twice over. In this episode, Leveling the Playing Field, we are joined by Ronaldo Alba, Associate Director of the Step and C-Step programs at Fordham University, who shares his thoughts about the importance of community in creating and sustaining more just, equitable, and representative educational environments. So, Ronaldo, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us. You're such an important part of Fordham. And you're the Associate Director of STEP and C-STEP here at Fordham. And as we get started, can you just explain to people listening what STEP and C-STEP are and what your role is with those programs? STEP and C-STEP, the acronyms uh, stand for Science and Technology Entry Program and the Collegiate Science and Technology Entry Program. Both programs are New York State's equity initiatives at Fordham supports uh, and hosts on its campus. Uh, and it's a Fordham program. Uh, those programs have been running for 34 years now. My role is as associate director. We're one office, two campuses, three programs. So STEP is the pre-college version that supports students in seventh through 12th grade through a variety of activities, but mainly during the academic year. It's an enrichment academy uh, for talented students in grades seven through 12. During the week, we have some students doing research uh, on campus with Fordham faculty. Uh, we have a summer program, full-time summer program that, that works with students as well. Again, these are students from the Rose Hill community that either live and go to school in that community or and students at the link, in the Lincoln Center community uh, either go to school or live in that community. And then C-STEP is the Collegiate Science and Technology Entry Program uh, where we serve university students across both the Rose Hill and Lincoln Center campuses. In total, we're, we serve about 850 students Wow. Uh, about 258 students uh, that are university students, and about 585 of those students are the pre-college students. And I'm associate, associate director of those programs, uh, working with a wonderful team of nine people, led by Michael Molina, who's been the director for all 34 years, a great institutional leader here at Fordham and STEM uh, equity initiatives, and a staff of great assistant directors and counselors and a staff of 28 college students. Can you say a little bit about what your day-to-day -day was like, say back in the fall semester, and then talk to us a little bit about how that changed with when we went online on March 10th. Day-to-day -day in the fall semester was really uh, harnessing the excitement of having a, a fully operational program. Come, college students coming in through the office by day in the afternoons, having a, a few step students coming in for tutoring uh, during the weekday, and then preparing for our Saturday academies across both campuses. Uh, we also provide uh, what we call an in-step experience, which is an on-site experience to some campus partners, to, to some program partners, which are the Police Athletic League and high schools and middle schools in the area, where we would go on-site and provide curriculum. So the fall semester, really busy and, you know, the way it should be, and full of life and energy and planning and catching people in between meetings and staff meetings. Uh, it was a pretty lively experience, which is something that we enjoy as a team. I enjoy because uh, I've been doing it for so long and really feel blessed to be able to have the opportunity to work with students the way we do. That's what the fall semester looked like. How long have you been here at Fordham? Well, working at Fordham, I'm going into my uh, 18th year. I started work in 2002. I was actually uh, an undergraduate at Fordham as well. Being a student at an institution and then actually, you know, a recipient of the services, being formed by the philosophy 
uh, the Jesuit educational philosophy that we have, meeting the wonderful faculty members that we've had, the Jesuits that I've had the privilege of being informed by, and then being able to work right after graduation in the fall, I was brought on board to work as an entry-level counselor. The work has not been the same any one year. It's been pretty unique. We've doubled enrollment, both programs. We created another STEP program, doubled the size of staff, and, you know, with Mike Molina's leadership, he's really pushing us to really see what, what else we can do for the community. We feel a sense of responsibility uh, living in the Bronx, working at Lincoln Center, that, you know, Fordham, Fordham is a good neighbor. And we are in the position to be able to work with students in the community and say, you know, you belong here as well. And right. if you stick with us as a step student, we will show you how. Uh, we will prepare you for the academic rigor. And our position is, if not Fordham, someplace better. And oftentimes, for different reasons, they end up with different institutions throughout the country. And that's a great privilege. And, uh, and with C-STEP, it's really, you know, I was a C-STEP student myself. Understanding the unique and intimate nature of that kind of work, when I was brought on board, I felt the responsibility uh, to continue that in the same way that I received it and expanded. So you, I say 18 years, it seems like a long time. The gray is definitely there. And it just has, it just felt like it was yesterday, to be honest with you. Step and C-Step were created with the idea of increasing the number of underrepresented minorities pursuing uh, post-secondary studies and uh, careers in STEM, health, and license fields. STEM and health is pretty clear, but when we talk about license fields, it's pretty expansive. Anything that requires a licensure through the Office of the Professions in the state of New York. So we're talking about lawyers to accountants to landscape architects to uh, social workers, psychologists, mental health providers. It's a pipeline experience, and Fordham's fortunate to have two programs, both programs. The profile of a STEP student are academically talented students, as evidenced by their report card. Highly motivated students, eager to learn, thirst for learning, and really challenging themselves. So a STEP student is not your typical student. These are students that go to school six days a week during the academic year. They invest five weeks of their summers. So wow. where their peers may be, um, you know, taking a break, taking it easy, uh, these students are working extremely hard. Uh, so the, the application that we have is modeled after Fordham's application, a college application. Letters of recommendations are provided. Seventh graders do submit resumes or CVs, you know, of whatever they have. And you'll be pretty impressed with what seventh graders are doing nowadays because <laughs> they're really active. But, you know, if they, if they don't have one. Of course, it's not a factor that we use to eliminate them. We work with them on that because we're just trying to set them up for the uh, professional expectations, the ideas of what's required for a process, a journey for programs, for college, for success. And we, we start that at the, uh, at, the, at, the, uh, at the seventh grade level. So these STEP students are uh, interested in the STEM health license field. They are supported greatly by a wonderful instructional staff that meets on Saturdays and really uses the opportunity of a six day instruction to help them think bigger, to help mm. them think differently about what success may mean to them and what it looks like uh, in the field that they're interested in at the moment. And we bring in alumni for workshops. We bring in professionals. We take them to conferences. Uh, we organize a range of different experiences for them over the summer to continue to sort of invest in, in, to invest in them and to diversify their understanding uh, of what it's like to be successful in those professions and the academic, academic requirements that are needed, you know, the career markers, uh, if you will, uh, so that they understand what they're getting into. So over the summer, uh, a STEP student could participate in the data science business analytics program. They can participate in a communications course 
it's a whole host of experiences, health academies that we have with mentoring and medicine, who's a partner of ours that we organize. And now with the Wild Cornell School of Medicine that we have a partnership with. So as a step student, it's a really rich experience that is designed to take students that are doing well and take them to a higher level. Uh, because what we do know and what data shows is that these professionals have not entered these professions at a rate where society as a whole should feel confident about diversity of these professions. And why that's an issue is because, you know, every uh, society thrives when everyone is thriving. And these programs were, were identified as key interventions uh, for the mobility of communities, particularly African-American and Latino, Native American and Alaska Natives and uh, economically disadvantaged people. And that cuts across all racial ethnic lines there. So, so on the C-STEP part of it, we work with students at the college level. So STEP and C-STEP, STEP is 59 programs throughout different colleges and universities in New York. C-STEP is 55 programs throughout uh, different university and colleges in New York, public, private, two-year, four-year. Uh, so in the Bronx, Bronx Community College, Albert Einstein College of Medicine, Fordham University, in the greater New York City region, uh, Columbia, NYU. It's a, it unfolds in that kind of way. It's a $28 million program supported by New York state tax dollars uh, and Fordham University greatly supports our programs for, you know, Fordham is a leader uh, in, in demonstrating what universities should be doing uh, to support the step and cease the programs and other equity programs by New York state. Uh, at the college level, if Steve or, or Ann uh, were C-STEP students coming in, depending on, you know, New York State, you were a New York State resident, uh, you were admitted to Fordham, you'll get an invite to participate in our Summer Scholars Academy for, four, for a four-week boot camp. Uh, transitional experience, a bridge program, uh, coming into the university, you have the opportunity to earn college credit. If you don't participate in the Summer Scholars Program, you're assigned a counselor for the four years that you're here at Fordham, the four or five years if you're here. And the idea of that, that relationship, an academic counselor, academic advisor, is really to work with students intimately to help them navigate the university experience. You know, we really uh, understand that uh, it's more so about strategy, not only talent. We strategize with students and making sure that if they want to be a, a pre-health student, you take the sequence of courses that matches up to the skill levels that you're walking in with. We provide them with weekly review classes with a, a, a whole team of professors that we work with uh, at the university. We provide them with academic seminars, career professional development uh, workshops, take them away to conferences, support their research and internship experiences uh, that they may have to volunteer for or can't afford to take on because they have to pay a phone bill, work at The Gap or something like that, work at Starbucks. We say, you know, we have a budget line for you in, uh, in research or in an internship experience. It's an intimate experience, but one that's designed uh, for that reason to continue to elevate their thinking, their understanding of what this these four years that an institution is supposed to look like, and then do so in a way that, you know, it's met with success. I can only imagine, but I want to hear you describe a little bit about what you had to do to move this beautiful machine online. What we had to do to move this forward was not as much work as you thought in terms of when you have a committed staff of professionals. We knew we had to move this online. It was an easy conversation to have. A lot of work went into it, yes, in coordination. You know, we moved forward. Uh, we were committed first to continue to provide the space, uh, the community that makes uh, Step and C-Step different. With that commitment, everything else unfolded naturally. 
we knew we wanted to keep the momentum going because we knew in such a period of, of trauma, right? When, when you sort of upend people from their normal routines, from their normal communities, I looked forward to going to work because I left home behind. I look forward to going home because I left work behind. Everybody's together now. And so we knew that was going to provide uh, some unique forms of stress. And we knew that parents on the step side and the college students were going to rely on looking for something, some sense of normalcy. And we knew that we could provide that. Our service was to be able to provide that uh, for students while home. And so they can focus on other things at other parts of the day and their families can focus on other things, knowing that Step and C-Step were in the picture. Uh, it was wonderful to know that Fordham had a Zoom license. We discovered that and the Zoom professional was right in line. We sent them a, a, an email to IT and immediately they replied, made themselves available for us, to us on weekends because they know we work on weekends. And we were able to bring pretty much all of our classes, all of our classes. We offer about 20 to 24 different classes for each STEP program. All those instructors wow. were able to get trained up uh, if needed to. They were provided the support. We did practice sessions and webinars with those with those instructors, and it turned about turned out to go pretty well. But we've done parent workshops online to support them, which is where we found out, you know, it was not only welcome, it was, it was needed. We had an academic specialist uh, discussing what learning looked like online uh, with students and families, well, particularly, excuse me, for parents, so that parents would understand what that looks like and stressors of not knowing what a student is doing for eight to 10 hours a day and what the, you know, how, how hard they should be working that needed to be normalized and a baseline provided. So we're having a light, uh, psychologist coming back uh, next Saturday to speak with families about the social emotional challenges of parenting at home while your students are, you know, going to school online. I'm so interested in that. And I'd be really curious to know what you learned, if there's things that you learned from the parents or from the psychologists that surprised you about what people need right now when we're living together all the time with our kids and our parents and what we suspected was confirmed um and then more than that and the opportunity for conversations that came up as a result so you know we had a learning specialist really work with families and educate them on what a schedule can look like how many hours a student should technically be working you may go to school for eight hours you're not learning eight hours right you know especially with younger children and how that sort of scales up with students that are in high school if you have multiple children you need to have a community conversation at home and identify a schedule that works for each individual child, not everyone at the same time, because you know, they may be short on, on resources in terms of technology. There may be one laptop for three children and a parent that may be working. So figuring that out and walking families through that uh, was extremely helpful. Giving them a structured schedule as a point of reference uh, for families was important. The information on students that may require special services um, you know, if they have uh, working through any uh, any any challenges there in terms of the support they may have been receiving at their high school through a paraprofessional, um, helping families out with online resources that could be helpful for note taking, uh, time management, things of organizational skills. That was extremely helpful. But then the Q and A lasted just as long. You know, one of the questions that were really sticks with me to this day is, you know, there was a parent of a 12 year old daughter, uh, a father who asked the question, you know, my child is really intelligent. Um, it seems that she's suffering, the impact of her being at home is taking a, a toll. But she's asking me questions in an aggressive manner. She's trying to test my knowledge. She wants to test me. And that's the feeling that I'm getting. How do I respond to something like that? 
that was such an honest question is that families, you know, uh, are now recognizing the energy that the children walk with to school, expend in school with multiple teachers, counselors, coaches, that all of a sudden, uh, not only are they worrying about providing for the family, providing some kind of stability, now they got to worry about the interaction, one-on-one interaction of what it means to be a parent of a teenager who is in a process of development, searching for their identity, autonomy, their voice, and they're finding the only adult in the room to, to channel their energy towards. And it's it's here it is, mom, dad, or grandma, or grandpa, or everybody who's there. And the parent was, you know, his presence of mind was so, so exceptional to say, I don't know how to handle it, so I don't respond. And I said, that's perfect. Don't respond. Because it's helpful not to respond in the moment. And it hel- it's helpful to take a step back and recognizing that all this is going on. And unfortunately, just as you were raising them and you were that firefighter, that paramedic, that judge, the, the, the disciplinarian, now you're, you're, it's coming full circle and you're sort of faced with being all those folks again in a, in the, in a, in a place where you're not escaping each other uh, when you had that opportunity to expend that energy. So understanding young people are going through their process, they're internalizing the impact of being restricted or, or paused at home and being concerned for their safety and their life. Because we have students that have parents that have been, have tested positive for COVID. They've had family members pass away. There's great loss and devastation. And then you add to that the, the multiple layers of access to resources, it just compounds things all together. And so, you know, we were able to identify some initial steps uh, to sort of, you know, recognize what might be going on. And the fact that what you're perceiving as perhaps, um, disrespectful, challenging to authority, may not be that at all. It may be a search for answers because they're also frustrated. But it, we're all in this ambiguous situation where we we don't have any answers. Parents, politicians, you know, health experts are still figuring this out. And it's okay to name the fact and own that we just don't know what's going to happen, what's going on. And that what we do know is that we need to stick together to survive it. And then the conversation enters uh, into, you know, just the developmental experiences that young people are having, just naturally, because they're young, they're growing, they're, you know, they're, they're becoming more enlightened, they're, they're learning about themselves even more. And they may not know how to process the emotion, they may not have the right language, and they may not know how to channel energy, so it may be misplaced in a moody conversation, you know, that's not a technical term. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's an emotional one and, and recognizing what it is and separating that's going to be helpful. Uh, and to understand that, um, you know, um, identifying what's most important is the relationship with the student, uh, and bringing that to the forefront. Uh, and that was the best that we can do. And I said, that's the best that I can do. Cause I don't know anybody's situations in depth, but just as a model moving forward or as a framework, that was important. But the conversation, uh, what families are experiencing the same thing children are experiencing, the same thing everyone's experiencing. We just, we don't know. We're frustrated. Unfortunately, by the title of parent and mature adult, we have to be able to separate uh, what may be going on from us and we need help. So that's what the step uh, conversations with parents are about. What's yeah. so beautiful about that and what I love is the way that, and it seems so Fordham to me, that you identified a need and you stepped in and filled oh, it. Yeah. What do those students need? that? Is it plunging ahead with the content? Is it just reconnecting with each other and with their instructors? Is it some combination of both? 
uh, first and foremost is a sense of community. Sense of community. That that's what brings us all together. When you when you're talking about uh, students finding each other with common values, common goals, uh, and where to find people. You're not going to find them nowadays in your neighborhood because nobody's going out the door. <laughs> you're not finding them in school because schools are closed. We literally have a C-Step Lounge session. And with the C-Step Lounges, we have a C-Step Lounge in the office. Physical space that folks sort of just come up to hang their hat and see who's up there and strike up conversation. We've continued to provide that virtually uh, with our college students that are on staff. Yeah. And they take, you know, they run with uh, icebreakers and, and activities. No one, you know, we pop in to say hello, but it's student run. And students are coming in to find each other online because then now uh, you can't walk up to the Collins Hall to see who's up in the C-Step office. Uh, you're not going to walk down to Starbucks to see who's having a coffee. So, you know, we're committed to that community piece. So to answer your question, first community uh, for the STEP students and for the C-Step students, because we do also provide our academic support online on C-Step as well. Is it's got to be a combination of both. You know, we're a community that's coming together uh, with the idea of uh, of enrichment, uh, so that we can we're socially mobile to enter these professions. Because what we do know is deadlines for assignments may have changed, but they're not going to stop. NCAT exams are taking place. They're, well, they're, they're being rescheduled, but they're going to take place. The admissions process for these schools are taking place, uh, and and we're, what we're trying to do is provide the resources to keep students afloat. We have to keep things moving and understanding that some students require more attention than others and recognizing the importance of remaining communicative, not disengaging, because if no one no doesn't know, we can't be helpful. That's what the team is focused on at the moment. Students log into STEP because of their instructors. Uh, and because of the perspective that someone like Steve provides and the many other STEP instructors that we have on, on staff, they, they provide something that's unique. And that's this, this energy and this, this passion to really just provide a space so that students can just, it's organic, it's natural. What we're doing as a community is reaching out to each other. What you're doing as, a as an instructor in a STEP class and you do this as a professor with your students, they say, how are you? How is it going? And not... And this is what we communicated to the parents on, in the step-parent workshop. In a moment like this, where everything is, 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 we are suffering great loss in multiple ways. Staying task-oriented has its benefits, but maintaining the relationships is what's going to get us through this. Is there a teacher from your past that you've been thinking about as mm. being a particularly, oh, that person really taught me something that's helping me now. Someone that played a critical role, now being able to reflect on it because of my training, is but was my grammar school principal. Uh, it's, you know, when you're in a small Catholic school, I went to Our Lady of Solace in the Bronx on Mars Park, that uh, by now is, you know, fortunately closed, but uh, Veronica T. Cook was a former nun who took the reins of, of, that, of that school uh, with a committed team of professionals. And she just, uh, the understanding that she had of the support that students need and the differentiated support in terms of putting students in positions of leadership, uh, understanding that students are allowed to make mistakes and that they should be able to rebound. That had a great influence in the way, you know, I grew up, you know, it was, just, I had a graduating class of about 28 kids you know, it was a great neighborhood, you know, you know the, the, the center of the neighborhood was uh, was the church and the school. And, uh, you know, you find your way into some trouble if you're a healthy young person. 
uh, <laughs> how folks are how, how folks are disciplined uh, makes a big difference. So you know, as a student, you know, I did have to sand a couple benches to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But you know, the, the the influence the influence that she had, but the influence that she had was having a very clear understanding of what being a young student was about, giving somebody the parameters of being able to make a mistake and not over penalizing uh, them to the point that it would affect their trajectory, right? So this woman advocated for me to go, I went to Cardinal Spelman High School in the Bronx, moved on from there, you know, and I, I had a great, uh, a great academic experience all throughout, uh, but it could have gone wrong had somebody not have the presence of mind or understanding that and so, so that's someone I wanted to share. Ronaldo, it's always great to talk to you, but really, truly, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. It was great. And, you know, stay safe, stay well, and thank you again. Twice Over Podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify, with new episodes appearing twice each week. For host and guest bios and show notes, please visit our website, TwiceOverPodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TwiceOver1 or email us at TwiceOverPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.